This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Of course it is. And you know, you and I, Court, have been t- speaking for a long time about how wonderful it is to saunter. That's a great word. Mm-hmm. Saunter through Zupans when you're in need of a gift for someone. There are so many great ideas, especially for Mother's Day. Yeah. Because they've got cookware and bakeware for sale up to 40% off. They've got the French linens that I always admire. And I, I, have, you know, I have to say it's a generally... I'm not going to spend that much on napkins, but they're up to 40% off. This and you week. might for mom. Well, yeah, but I, my mom's not around any longer. Oh. So, but I do have a girlfriend who's a mom. There so you go. I, I can go that way. But um, at any rate, some of the things that you may have seen before that maybe you just balked at, they're 40% off right now so for Mother's Day sale so check out Zupans if you need some ideas for uh, Mother's Day and there's so many you know from food to stuff there's a lot of good stuff there and flowers Chris don't forget the flowers best flowers you're going to find in the Portland area is the floral department at Zupans Easy. Also, take advantage of some great events happening at your local Zupans. Big dinners in the breezeway, one of which is a lobster and clam bake. They've got a bunch of these set up um, through the summer, June, July. Actually, it looks like there's one a month uh, starting in June through September. Um, Includes... uh, North Atlantic Lobster Tails, Wild Shrimp, Olympia Provisions, Kielbasa, and much, much more. You can buy that on their website. While you're there, you'll find out about the Winemaker Series uh, that takes place where you you know learn about different uh, winemakers in the Portland and Pacific Northwest region and uh, have some great pairings as part of those dinners. Those are fun to do. Mm-hmm. They've got quite a few in in, uh, in May, both at the Burnside and Lake Oswego locations. So check those out and check out everything else that you can find on the news feed by subscribing to that at zoopans.com. Or, of course, the store's court are Lake Oswego, McAdam, and West Burnside. All right, here it is. Time once again. It is Portland's Food Scene Podcast right at the fork with your host, Chris Angeles from Portland Food Adventures, and I'm co-host, Court Johnson. This is is a fun day. We both have things going on. You are now the co-host of a morning show in San Francisco. Yeah. Court. You know that, right? I didn't need to tell you what you're doing. Wait, I should be like, What? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it was funny. Uh, Chris, you've known about it uh, for almost as long as anybody else. think you might have been maybe the second or third person outside of my family that I told about it, felt it was important for my partner to know. And yeah, so I'm going to be uh, working from San Francisco during the week. And for this first little while, com- doing the big commute back into Portland on weekends to, you know, see my family. <laughs> That's that's a good thing, and it's a good time of year to be doing that, and it's fun. You are situated. Um, you got yourself a place there, and you're right near. What's the what's San Francisco's ballpark? It's a uh, eighteen. It's, no, it's uh, Oracle. 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 Park. Yeah. Oracle Park. So that's c- 
cool. You're living a. You're kind of living an exciting new life, and I'm I'm excited for you. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, cause I know you've got uh, family here in in San Francisco. If people are familiar with that part of of San Francisco, it's the south of Market area, or even South Beach, even where where I am. I'm, I'm literally a block from from where the Giants are playing at this moment. I can hear them. I don't think I don't think it's coming through the mic, but I can hear it, um, and it's pretty great. Well, good. That that is uh, that's fun. So it just dawned on me we are Portland's food scene podcast, but we're coming to you from San Francisco and Manzanita. Manzanita, yeah. <laughs> we both so, now we both will be uh, traveling to Portland, um, you know, on the regular. So it's we're kind of doing the same thing, but from different distances. Yeah, and it's kind of well. I don't think that's a it's a result of what's gone on in Portland in the past few years, but it's a little more understood that not everybody is situated inside Portland. A lot of people have moved out, moved out, and so. Uh, but we still have something to do with it. We're still there. I go yeah. back, you know, a few times. I don't know how often, but um, try well, to I, stay up with the food world there. Not yeah. as, I'm not as up as I used to be. That's why we have this podcast. We bring you guests who bring you up to speed. That's exactly right. And, you know, one of my experiences has been in the time that I've been down here in San Francisco and starting to know kind of the lay of the land is San Francisco, very much like Portland, very much like Seattle. And, you know, all, they're, they're all experiencing very similar challenges when it comes to the food food world. Um, there's actually a really great restaurant slash bar. I've come to get to know the, the owner there pretty well. She actually comes. She grew up in Portland. Um, so maybe I should have her on the podcast. That would be an interesting conversation, Chris. Um, but she's been struggling since the pandemic because as you hear in the news, all these tech companies, everybody went home and started working remotely and they're not returning anytime soon. So she does well on days like today where not only do you have the giants playing, but then the warriors game is later tonight and that's in this neighborhood. But uh, outside of that, she's been struggling a bit. And so she's looking for different ways to, you know, entice people in and her food is really, really good. That's good to hear. Well, I guess that's a good segue. However, I wanted to segue to our guest, who is Chris Schultz, the CEO of Voodoo Donuts, which is interesting because when we had Trish Shannon on in 2016, it appears, now that you look at the timeline, that was right before they brought Chris on as hmm. CEO of the company, and it's grown quite a bit since then. Yeah. But I just wanted to say I'm happy to be back from Spain. We just did uh, an incredible three, well, we did a 10-day trip with Portland Food Adventures uh, with the folks from Urdaneta, and we had a great group of people. We did some cool things. We had some good weather. It was so nice to get out of the 40-degree weather and go in short sleeves for a little while. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then come back to 65-degree weather. So that's cool. But we had... We had a really good time. We went to some great restaurants. Um, my son met me in Barcelona afterwards, and I took him to some of my favorite haunts uh, there. It's really cool to have favorite haunts in Barcelona, right? Yeah. Uh, Ten years ago, I had never been there. So um, now, I, now I walk in, and the, and the uh, server at Bar Cagnette screams, Oh, Van Halen! <laughs> he refers to me as the Van Halen guy because of my brother. Yeah. So um, 
Anyway, it's it's kind of nice to be known there. It was, it was really fun. So I hope you can join us sometime. Court. It, 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 it's it's on our list of things to do. I mean, Randy and I have uh, spoke a few times about how great these trips look. The the trip coming up later this year in Italy looks fantastic. Even even your trips when you uh, do um, the river rafting, the whitewater river rafting. Yeah, we just canceled that this year. Oh. But so, they're great. But We're going to do it next year. What yeah. happens is we got started. They have a new company out mm-hmm. there, and I'm not going to blame them. But for whatever reason, we got going a little late on it this year. And whereas we were sold out by f- Valentine's Day last year, we really didn't get started until April. And then we just aren't going to be able to get enough people and gotcha. blah, blah, blah. But on the exciting side, yes, we do have a trip to Sicily in September. And we've got a couple of spots available there. Anybody's welcome to call me. It is pretty cool. Eastern Sicily, Termina, Ortizia, Catania. You name it, we're going, and it's going to be great. But I'll tell you, I'll drop this right now because I believe it's happening. We keep, we've revised the dates a little bit, and we're still working on it. But I am really excited about working with the Paleys on doing a trip to Hawaii next oh, year. To very Big nice. Island in Kona. Yeah. Um, we're moving the dates around a little bit because, as it turns out, I think people know this. Hawaii is a really expensive place. It's more expensive than where we go in Europe. Yeah. So we're trying to we're trying to tweak it a little bit on the dates to get out of high season and uh, and make it a little more palatable. But it's going to be exciting, and uh, I don't have a lot. I'm not going to tease much more than that. Then we're doing it. Uh, anybody's welcome to call me and get on a, a list, or you go to Portland Food Adventures and just just get on the uh, mailing list and they'll find out about it there. But I'm excited about that. So while we're not doing river trips this year, we did them the last two years, uh, which was sort of our COVID, uh, our pandemic pivot. Um, we're just not going to do it this year, but yes, Italy's there. And so I'm excited about it. But I'm also excited to be refreshed. I got back and I felt like with this interview this morning, Wednesday morning, with Chris Schultz, who I just met yesterday on the phone, was had a lot of energy going both ways. You know, I'll, I'll you know, I'm not, I'm generally a self-deprecating person, but I felt like it was a, it was a really fun conversation, and it was good to hear from him. And you know, Voodoo Donuts, um, he talks about it. Whatever you might think about it in Portland, it is a Portland in- institution, and it's mm-hmm. it's grown outside of Portland, and it's still a Portland institution. And they're in the middle of a lot of the shit downtown, and uh, they're just uh, he announced on this podcast that they are in the process today of painting the building pink. The entire so, building, the original location? The original location today. Wow. So that's happening. But at any rate, it was uh, interesting to talk to him about their growth, how they, uh, how the Portland, Portland ethos plays outside of Portland, um, what, what his background is. He comes from Starbucks, same background, similar, not the exact same, Similar background as uh, Kim Malik from Salt and Straw. They cross paths there. They know each other. Um, have a lot of re- he has a lot of respect for her, and um, his whole career has been in the restaurant business. And also worked for. He tells us a little bit about Mod Pizza, which is a big franchise, and I didn't 
No, big company. I didn't really know much about it. So we learned a little bit about Mod Pizza on this episode as well. Um, Chris was really interesting. He was fun, and he's um, he's really enthusiastic about what he does. So uh, if you go back, it was episode for Trey Shannon. It was number 85. So that's a good adjunct to this podcast if anybody wants to listen to that. Um, he says Trey is still involved in the company, but kind of on the on the sidelines now, not as much as he was. And Chris is there to run the company the way Trace and uh, Cat Daddy used to. Nice. Yeah, nice. And here's this interview. Nice. Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupan's and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers and local chefs know that Zupan's is the place to find the very best Northwest Bounty in Portland, West Burnside, McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years. Zupan's Markets. Ringside Steakhouse. For over 78 years, Ringside has been providing the best steaks and has been the home of the beacon of great hospitality in Portland. Make a reservation today at ringsidesteakhouse.com. And while you're there, sign up for their mailing list to be the first to find out about exciting specials and events going on at Portland's beloved Hallmark restaurant, Ringside Steakhouse. Portland Food Adventures. It's your opportunity to travel to the world's most celebrated food destinations with Right at the Fork host, Chris Angeles, and some of his favorite chef friends. Check out PortlandFoodAdventures.com for exciting and delicious itineraries to Spain, Italy, and elsewhere. Stay in great hotels, eat incredible food, and leave the planning to Portland Food Adventures. And by... In Oregon, flavor is not just about food, but about character, freshness, and sustaining this beautiful place. Our fishermen continue to work hard to bring that flavor to all families who care about good food and healthy eating. Oregon Dungeness Crab, the flavor of Oregon. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. Sure, of course. Yeah, of course. If You know, I'm going to say, if I took a picture of this, it might be, you know, and we kept it low resolution, it might be hard to tell us apart. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so You have more hair than I do. Oh, um, no one's ever, no one's told me that for a long time. So th- yeah, well, thank yeah, you. We can, yeah. we can end this right now. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of, a lot to talk about. You and I had a little uh, talk yesterday. So, uh, I'm, ex- yeah. I'm excited to have you on the podcast. It's really cool. Um, well, thanks. I think it's, it's fun to talk about the institution that is Voodoo Donuts. Because it really not only represents Portland in Portland for a lot of locals and f- for sure tourists, um, but you're bringing the Portland, the voodoo brand, along with Portland, all over the country. You know, I don't think that everybody necessarily associates that pink box with Portland, but, you know, a f- yeah. few do. So we have quite a bit to talk about. I want to start with what was your first awareness of Voodoo Donuts? I know you live in Portland now. Are you a Portland native? Did yeah. You? Oh, so it's goes. No, I, I'm from uh, I'm from Los Angeles originally, um, but moved moved to the no- Northwest. Uh, gosh, 
uh, over 20 years ago okay. with Starbucks. And, um, you know, I, I now call the Northwest home. I love the Northwest. I visit down in, down in Southern California and can't wait to get back. I'm one of the few that can't wait to get back to the Northwest, apparently. Um, but I love the Northwest. But, yeah, you know, I having been in the restaurant business my entire life, um, especially here in the Northwest the last 20 years, you you know voodoo, right? Your, your voodoo is synonymous with with great donuts and a great brand and kind of this very cult following. And, um, you know, during my career, I'd come down to Portland, obviously, from, from Seattle, both on a personal vacation or for business. And you would always drive by, you know, Third Street and you'd see the lines and you'd kind of be shocked and awed about what are all those people doing, right? Why are they out there? Um, and so I was familiar with the brand in, in that way. You know, I think I uh, I had probably only visited once or twice in my career prior to joining the brand. Um, the lines were just too long, right? And, and uh, But I was always impressed with what the founders had done, obviously, with building this, this brand, right? This brand that kind of transcended out of Portland um, throughout the country and kind of this very unique thing that they were doing. Um, you know, not taking themselves too seriously, right? But yet being authentic to that. Do you think that's what helped build the brand? Was I don't, you can, we had Trey on a long time. Is it Trace or Trace? Yeah. So we had him on Trace. Trace. T-R-E-S. Yes, that's what I thought. A long time ago. And I don't recall asking him whether his plan was to be big or just to have fun with donuts. Do you think that yeah. those two uh, really had this in mind where you are right now when they started it? Was that, or was were they able to grow? Uh, you know? <laughs> was it more of an organic thing that just happened? I think, you know, I, I, listen, I, I think there's revisionist history as, as with every brand that grows, right? The stories permeate and they change over time and, um, but, you know, I think inevitably they, they want to build a business early on that, that could support themselves and their family and have fun doing it. Um, and I think that was the, the reason, if you will, the tipidus of, of why the brand was built. Um, I think at one point in time, they recognized and realized, man, this thing's bigger than us, right? And, and we're, we're growing this great synonymous brand. And, and what do we do now? I mean, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah, I, well, I'll be I'll always honest. But um, I think, you know, they're a unique set of founders where they knew their limitations. I mean, I think so many founders um, and entrepreneurs who are phenomenal, right? To be an entrepreneur or founder, and I have never been one. I've always joined brands at the early stages, but never birthed something, if you will. I was kind of in the, in the delivery room. And then help grow it from literally taking out the other room and then, and then growing it. Um, but I, you know, I think that the beauty of Trace and Cat Daddy was, you know, they realized at some point in time the brand and and in order to grow it, they would have to step aside, right? It had outgrown them and their skill sets and what they were good at. So I applaud them in in building a great brand and knowing the limitations and then being able to kind of step aside and saying. In order for this brand to grow, in order for our people to grow, we need to bring in some other resources and people to help us do that. Um, but I, you know, I we continue the same thing. Right? We're just having fun selling donuts. I mean, I don't know whether it's any different than it was twenty years ago. And this is our 20, 20th year anniversary this year. At the end of May is our, our old town's twentieth anniversary. Um, 
we're trying to keep that same thing, right? We sell donuts. Let's let's just be, you know, at the end of the day, there are a lot of really difficult jobs, a lot of hard jobs, and people are working hard to maintain a living. That doesn't mean our teams don't work hard. That doesn't mean anyone in the company doesn't work hard. But at the end of the day, we sell donuts, right? It's fun. It should be fun. And they're fun. Um, they're fun donuts, and that's why I think it grew so quickly is this is not your regular donut shop. Uh, obviously anybody who's familiar with yeah. it knows you're going to, you're, you're going to get something different and a shitload <laughs> more sugar, I think, than you get with most donuts too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're unapologetic ourselves, right? We don't apologize for anything. Right. Um, and, and that's kind of the ethos that, you know, both resonates with, with Voodoo and I think part of Portland, right? We don't apologize for who we are, or what we do, but this is the way we choose to do things. And, um, you know, we we don't want to become an ubiquitous company on every street corner and um, all due respect to those brands, right? We want to be the place that you search out for that special event or to go get those special donuts. Um, you know, one of our taglines, it's worth the wait. Um, and it's, it is. I mean, it's truly worth worth the wait when you when you wait in line to get inside of the video and, and have this experience with music that you've never heard in a donut shop before and chandeliers and donuts and spinning jewel cases. I mean, I want you to walk in and be like, wow, this isn't a donut. What is this place? Um, and so we've really tried to stay true to that, what Cat Daddy Trace initially built the brand to become. And again, just growing, right? And, and growth is great and it's wonderful. It, it's important for everything. Um, it's important for our teams because they have growth and places to grow their careers and um but yeah, it's we, we just don't apologize for anything, and we refuse to apologize. I don't We're think just you need beauty. to. I know that uh, way back when I moved to Portland, I, I, you know, got on the bandwagon, and I remember yeah. picking up boxes for friends or family, and you would take <laughs> take special care to have that box look yeah. pretty unique when when it was open <laughs> and it's like it was yeah. literally like when you open the the big pink box stars and sparkles yeah. started coming out <laughs> and that's that's the way i remember it so it was it regardless yeah. of whether anybody even liked the donut this experience <laughs> the experience of getting that box in front of you and opening it up and seeing what's in there because it's crazy stuff um, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I think, I think that's, uh, you know, I, yeah. uh, you know better than I do what's yeah. helping the brand grow. Yeah. So what do you use as criteria? You have how many stores now? Yeah. Well, we have uh, 17 total stores 30, and, uh, throughout the U.S. And when you came, how many, how many did they have? Uh, five. Five. Okay. Five. So what is the criteria? Yeah. Because, you know, you could really go anywhere. This is like Starbucks, right? Where you were for years. You could uh, really go anywhere. Yeah, careful. <laughs> well, no, but I'm just saying you got a special yeah. brand. You could almost put it on any yeah. street corner and probably, yeah. I don't know, but probably do pretty well. So how do you choose yeah. where you're going to go? Yeah, that, you know, uh, there's a little bit of art and science when you, when you're talking about real estate, right? I mean, I, you know, uh, you know, what's the number one principle of, of, of restaurants, location, location, location. And then the second one is location, 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 right? I mean, it's all about being at that main and main corner, right? Where people can see you and people come by. And, um, you know, we've chosen some, some pretty interesting sites throughout the years. Um, 
But, you know, for us, the criteria is really looking for, um, you know, because we're open late, 24 hours, you know, we close from three to five now. That's new. That's been the last several years where we actually close the stores from three to 5 a.m. Um, you know, nothing good happens after 3 a.m. We're still there. Making You're making donuts. donuts. For the that's good. We're making donuts, but we, we just we just close. Um, but, you know, for us, it's looking at that combination of, of footfalls and traffic and tourism and restaurants and bars. And we've entered into a, a few suburban sites. Um, you know, we're down in Oak Grove here in the Portland market that's much more suburban. We're in Vancouver, uh, right off the ring road of the mall there. Um, but yeah, we are also still in downtown Austin on 6th Street. We're still on in Colfax. Um, you know, we're going to open in Lower Greenville in Dallas. So um, I think it's a combination of just, again, footfalls, traffic, a little bit of parking, um, and then where we can actually get some of the bar crowd, the after-hours bar crowd. But to go back to your comment about the pink boxes, I have a great analogy of that. And someone gave this to me. I, I wish I could say I own it. But it's like carrying a puppy when you carry that pink box, right? Everyone looks, everyone stops you, everyone wants to take a look inside the box. If you're going through the airport, it's like everyone kind of stops and looks at you. It's like it's like carrying a puppy, right? Where everyone wants to come up and pet the puppy's head. Everyone wants to look inside the box and like, do you have what's in there? Can I see it? Um, and that's a phenomenon that I, I had to embrace when I got here to video because it was it was so different, right? Coming from brands I had come from. Um where yeah, it was special, but it just didn't have this the, that that icon and that sense of excitement that people have when they have voodoo donut. Yeah, I would imagine. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. And you come just as a we'll, we will have covered it in our intro. But you you worked at Starbucks, you worked at Mod Pizza, and while I'm mentioning that, I just want to ask one question on that um because i i don't think i've ever been to a mod pizza uh i passed the one in, Be oh, yeah. in, in hillsborough or beaverton or wherever that is yeah, i passed that yeah, but yeah. one of my i come from the new haven area connecticut and as a matter of okay. fact in three weeks i'm going back to go to take my girlfriend to uh places we didn't get to go oh, right a couple on. of years ago so we're going to be going to sally's and 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 um peppy's oh, yeah, right and on. modern and modern pizza is uh, owned by a friend of mine i know him pretty well i always wondered i'm just curious i you know you don't work for them anymore but did was there yeah. ever like a legal issue and is that how you got to mod i, I is there anything to do no, with no 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 um so mod is an acronym for made on demand. Okay, that's all I need to know. Because if you if you if you yeah if you go to if you go to you know mod was the original fast casual pizza concept. Okay, um, where you know a lot of people use the Chipotle style for pizza, um, where you go down the line and you just kind of pick out what you want, unlimited toppings, one price. Um, but you know Scott and Ali Sensen founded it back in two thousand eight, and and they were the innovators. Now there's been you know, every day it seems like there's another one, another concept opening that kind of mocks, mock, not mocks them, but takes off from them. Um, but yeah, mod stands for made on demand. Wow, you grew that, um, and you grew that really quickly. If it only opened in 2008, that's 350. Yeah. Stars. Wow. Yeah, they're five. They're 500 plus now, so they opened another 200 or so after I left. Wow. Um, in five years, but yeah, we. 
At one point in time with Maud, we were the fastest growing restaurant company in the country for two straight years. We were opening north of 80 stores a year uh, once we kind of figured it out and, uh, and mostly company operated. You know, they have a small percentage that are franchised, but... That keeps you busy, yeah. and that gives Cat Daddy and Trace a real yeah, reason you know, to the look gray, at you. Yeah, you the gray, the, the gray in the beard, the gray in the beard. Well, that's why you keep it, it all tells sh- you a little bit more about well, by the time that's there. That's why you keep it all. <laughs> that's why you keep it all short, man. No one can tell. Yeah. So yeah. So so I wanted to ask, um, what was it? So that's you know that's pretty obvious why they would find you an appealing candidate as a CEO if you'd, yeah. if you'd uh, been responsible for that growth. But what they have distinct personalities and you have, oh. you know, I don't know you well, so you must have a yeah. distinct, I'm sure, you know, we've spoken for a little bit, but what was yeah. it about you other than your business acumen that you think caused them yeah. to say, all right, we're going to put this in his hands that uh, what do you think put you over the top? I'm sure they interviewed a few candidates. Uh, yeah, you're, you're kind of asking me for my own commercial, right? Well, um, no, but you I'm not really good about talking. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's a fair, have an it's a fair question. Yeah, um, you know, I think I think the reality was that that I um, I'm a big believer, like Cat Daddy and Trace are were continue to be. Um, you don't just grow to grow. Right. There has to be a thought around it. Um, bring your people with you. Right. Help your people grow. Help your people develop. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's, it's, we're a for profit company. There's no, there's no reason to hide behind that. We're a proud for profit company as we should be. But, you know, ensuring that we have, um, appropriate healthcare coverage for our teams, development programs for our teams to let people grow and, um, coming from both Starbucks and Mod. I was a people leader, right? I believe in it starts and stops with our people and um, and growing growing thoughtfully and not just opening a bunch of stores in the effort of trying to make a bunch of money. It's really about being thoughtful around that and um, opening the right stores at the right time. And again, taking good care of the teams that surround us every day. Um, and I think that was part of that piece. And, um, you know, you and I talked a bit about my background, um, I've only ever worked in restaurants, right? So I'm a restaurant guy. I'm an operator. Um, you know, I'm proud to say I'm not a marketer. Uh, I'm not a finance person. I have some really good folks in those those divisions, disciplines in our company. But I'm an operator at heart. And so, um, you know, I spent a bunch of time in the stores. I spent a bunch of time in, around the stores. And uh, I think that was part of it, right? And um, I am who I am. I'm pretty authentic as a person. I think that that is if you met Kathy and Trace, that's who they are, right? They don't right. they don't try to be something they're not. Um, and I think that that was attractive to them. I think that was a part of the we got along immediately when I met them um, because I you know I have the ultimate respect for what they built, and and I'm not trying to reinvent the brand. I'm just trying to take their legacy and let's just let's just grow it, right? Let's just let's take this opportunity of this thing they built, this ethos they built, and help it grow. And so, um, you know, like everything, we're tw- we're a twenty year old startup. I continue to say, right? This is twenty years for us, but yeah, we're continuing to grow. And um, you know, we've got a lot of folks that have been with us fifteen plus years. We've got some new people. I think it's all about that energy when you get to a voodoo, right? So we really haven't done much of, of changing, if you will, the brand. 
besides we take credit cards now that Cat Daddy and Trace never did. Um, and we have online ordering and third-party delivery and all of that. But, you know, we just had to stay up with the Joneses. And um, so, but outside of that, the, the you know, the donuts remain the same. The music remains the same. We, you know, we don't wear uniforms. We don't wear name tags. I mean, all of that stayed the same in the stores, is, right? We're still in, we're still in spinner cases and, you know, all of that remains the same. So is there a minimum number of tattoos someone can have on their sleeve to get hired at, uh, uh, at Voodoo? <laughs> wow. You don't really that's need a to, great question. You don't really uh, need to answer that. Yeah. I'm just making light of it, but, uh, you know. No, I, no, I, I, uh, I think it, you know, I think initially it was, it was, you know, that was part of their, their gig, right? Um, but heck, it's part of society now. Oh yeah, right? no, I think everybody, everybody is is around it. Um, you know, I think initially, um, yeah, I, I I don't know, I don't know their ethos of that. We've never had a conversation about their selection process. <laughs> um, but but um, knowing those two, right? Who knows? I mean, you know, you could tell me a story today about Cat Daddy or Trace, and you could tell me just about anything, and I probably would believe it because they're Cat Daddy and Trace, right? And they march and be their own drummer, but heck, they built a great brand. Do you, do you have a tattoo that you showed them to get hired? Did that help? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't part of my interview process. No, okay. it wasn't part of my interview process. Good. No, so um, I I find that kind of fun. Are they still involved in the business? Uh, how how involved are they? They are. They are. Yeah, they are. They're still involved in the business. They still they still sit on our board. Um, I just spoke to Cat Daddy yesterday morning. Um, they still pop in the office every once in a while and say hello. Um, yeah, they're actively involved in, in um, you know, they they keep me in check when I kind of think uh, a little too stringent or something. Um, they'll continue to keep me in check. But, you know, part of our part of our deal is trying to this what we call innocent rebellion, right? Let's not get too down the middle of fairway where voodoo donut. Um, and allow ourselves to kind of have that breath and that freedom to, to, to grow. You know, we just opened a store in San Antonio and we put a full size replica, long, um, a steer, a longhorn a, a replica on top of the bathrooms, right? Um, well, what donut shop would you go to? You see this full size replica steer on top of voodoo, right? Um, does he have, and does so, he yeah, have donuts on his horns? The, the, Did you put donuts on his horns? Or uh, he does? His, no, her name. Her name is Mate. Or his name is Mabel. Mabel. Her name is Mabel. But yeah, it's it's a fun store in San Antonio. We just opened, and uh, but yeah, they're still involved, and and I, you know, I still bounce things off them when I have an idea, or um, they help with some of the donut creations that we have. And we've got, as you know, we have fifty-one different options today, and every month we come up with a different option. And, um, you know, it's part of uh, part of the the the, the cross eye bear where I have to taste every single donut before we launch it. So it's not a bad gig. I would imagine. I want to go back to that, but I just want to ask: What are they up to now? Are they, are they involved? Are they taking it easy now that you've got the the helm? They're taking, as they're taking it easy as they should. Right. Okay. They're not yeah, starting. They're, they're not easy starting they new they ventures. It. They're not looking at new ventures. They're happy. Not not that they've told me. Not that they've told me. Um, no, they're. I, you know, I think they're enjoying, like every entrepreneur should, the fruits of their work in the early days. Um, you know, I think it's it's the it's the aspiration of every entrepreneur, every founder, right? When that time will come, when they can step away from it, um, and I think they, you know, they have eloquently done that and, and done it in such a way that I think 
allows them to enjoy time with their family and friends that they were missing during those, you know, early years or the 15 years that they were, you know, every morning in the store, every night in the store. I mean, they earned it. So have they passed that baton on to you? Do you get to enjoy time with your family and friends now? Or are you, you said you're very great. Uh, so what, what's Chris, that's a, yeah. Um, my family and friends would tell you that I don't spend enough time with them. Um, and, uh, you know, I enjoy, I enjoy working. I enjoy being at Voodoo. I enjoy the brand. I enjoy being here. Um, I think like every, anyone in, in my seat, any, and it doesn't need to be a CEO, anyone that's a love, senior level leader of a company that has 500 plus employees, you never take enough time away, right? It, it's, you know, I, it's not the work-life balance. I think it's uh, none of us do, right? Because you think about it all the time. Um, we're open 24 hours a day. You know, I'll wake up at one o'clock in the morning and know that someone somewhere is selling donuts in one of our stores. And I hope they're safe. Hope they're making good decisions. You know, those are the things that really kind of sit on my shoulders every night when I go to bed. I think about that. Um, and, you know, the reality is that's, that's just part of I chose that business. I chose this business. And so it's no one's fault. It's mine. I should have listened to my mom to become a plumber, um, but you know, here I am. Well, you're in in a way you are a plumber. So uh, doing what you're yeah. doing, you're fi- you're filling the holes and making yeah. sure it continues to run. <laughs> Hey, Chris, let's pause a moment and talk about Oregon Dungeness Crab. It's a favorite dish at holiday gatherings, special occasions, or just when you're in the mood for the sweet, delicate deliciousness you can only get from Oregon's tastiest crustacean. It's harvested sustainably from Oregon's cold, clean coastal waters and is available now at your favorite seafood retailer or restaurant. Oregon Dungeness serves up equally as an appetizer or an entree and lends itself to both down home and white tablecloth cuisine. And it's also as nutritious as it is tasty. We know it's tasty. A three ounce portion of cooked meat has 19 grams of protein and contains important minerals and amino acids. It's low in both fat and calories as well as cholesterol and carbohydrates. That's important to me. Yeah. And rest assured, the fishermen are not just delivering a delicious and healthy product. They're also taking care of natural resources for future generations. Visit OregonDungeness.org for information on preparing your favorite crab dish and learning more about the fleet. So go ahead and crack the mystique. Oregon Dungeness Crab, the flavor of Oregon. When you do get some time, what do you like to do? Do you like to travel? And if you don't, what would you like to be doing that you're not doing now? Or that you may do yeah. someday when, I'll answer. when you oh. come to the end of your uh, reign there? Uh, I'll, an- I'll answer both uh, questions at the same time. Um, yeah, we like to travel. Um, I travel a lot for work. And so uh, although I travel a lot for work, I do like to travel. Um, I like to play a little golf every once in a while when I can do that. Um I actually spend the summers helping uh, coach a baseball team over the summer. It's kind of my give back to the community. I take the weekends and I spend a little time with, with these 18-year-olds that throughout the summertime to coach a little baseball because they don't care I'm a CEO of Voodoo Donut. They just want me to help them become great young men. And that's not um, – one of those men so isn't, spend, your, isn't your, isn't no, your man. No. Yeah. Okay. No, not mine. No. Um, 
but I volunteer to give back that way. Give back. I, I enjoy it. Um, Who's your baseball I team? Say, I got to ask. You know, Who's your baseball team? Well, I'm a, I'm a Dodger fan because right. I grew up in L.A. It was either right? the Dodgers not, or yeah, the Mariners. I mean, I, I'm a, yeah, you're right. Mariners are close second, but no, I'm, I'm a Dodger fan. I, I grew up in L.A. I'm a Dodger, Laker. It's just who I am, so. Good for you. That's well. You're you lucky. Can't get far from the home. Yeah, club. you're lucky. You've had some good years there. I'm. I'm a Met fan. Yeah, recently. so we're supposed to be having a good year, oh. but we're miserable at the moment. Oh, so, uh, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. So you're not having a good year. Nah, that's all right. We've had a couple along the way, and that's. Listen, I've been, <laughs> I've been uh, pontificating that with all the people who complain about <laughs> performance on the field, only three percent of Major League Baseball fans, and you could probably say that about the NFL and the NBA too, are happy at the end of the year. 97% experience some disappointment. So I, oh, that's a great I rather resent when people say that the Mets have, you know, failed and all that. They've won, you know, they won. I was there in 1969. I was at Shea Stadium when they won. Oh, yeah. Wow. I was an 11-year-old kid in New York. That, that's when everything was going on in New York. But... I yeah. rather resent when people talk about how much disappointment because I think all teams have gone through a lot of that, some a little more than others, but we've had sure. our championships. I, I don't think I'd like to be a Cub fan. It was nice in the past 10 years maybe to finally win, yeah. but before that, they were they had it worse than Mets. Uh, but the Dodgers yeah, have always yeah. had a, a, a good legacy, so it's fun to be a Dodger fan. Yeah, they've always been in the running. It's always fun. And they're, and best stadium, and I don't know if you watch Kirby Enthusiasm, but one of my favorite episodes is when he went to Dodger Stadium with his, uh, with his yeah. park, with his, the person who helped him get into the HOV lane to get to the stadium. It was the best. Yeah. So, right. Anyway, yeah. that's yeah. way off on a different tangent. Sorry, I had to, <laughs> had to go there, but you know, mentioning that you're a baseball fan, it's nice to find them. We don't find a lot of them in Portland. There you go. I got an idea. No. One of the reasons yeah. we can't yeah. get, we can't get a team is because there aren't <laughs> enough corporate, there's not enough corporate involvement. Like the Blazers uh, suck it all up in the Timbers. So maybe Voodoo, uh, maybe you guys can help. As long as they're pink <laughs> uniforms, they're now wearing patches in the ma- major leagues. Maybe you can help they are. drive a team they are. here. Yeah, we, we did a little work with the, the collegiate team, the, the Portland Pickles, a, a few years back. We actually did a pickle donut for them mm-hmm. that, that we had at the stadium. But, uh, yeah, no. Okay, I'll, make, I'll put on my list for my marketing team to, to explore. Good, and I want the first ticket for coming up with that idea. So um, <laughs> let me – but that, that kind of is a little bit of a segue into this. Uh, Portland is your, is your home base, your, the company's home, home base. Uh, the Portland, the brand has taken a little hit and I'm just curious as to when you're opening in other markets like San Antonio or wherever you're going, when you're carrying along, yeah. you know, Portland with you, what's the attitude towards Portland? And then I want to get to your, you know, you're a prominent business owner downtown and I want to get to your outlook and some of the challenges that you face and some yeah, of the, you know, sure. where, where you're going to go. Yeah, no, um, yeah, I mean, Portland's got it, has gotten a black eye, uh, obviously throughout the, throughout the last several years. And, um, listen, we're Portland proud, right? I live in Portland. Our offices are in downtown Portland. Um, we, we, um, are proud to be a part of Portland and, and we will continue to be a 
proud part of Portland. Um, yeah, as we travel and we take, you know, take the ethos, it's interesting. Um, you know, people love the brand because I think Portland's also known for some really cool and great brands. And so when we travel and open a store in, in certain neighborhoods, they're very excited that we're coming and they're very, and they all know we come from Portland, right? And we're, we don't hide that. Like we're, we take a little Portland ethos with us when we come, uh, that being be yourself, right? We're not going to judge you. All those things that I think Portland is proud to be as a city. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is, I, I would know, argue with are. you that Portland is yeah. not judgmental. But anyway, it can be uh, now. Yeah, I, I don't. It can be. It can be. Um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, the reality is just you do you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a term that I learned when I moved to Portland. You do you, right? Um and we take a little of that when we when we obviously travel and open a store in Austin or Houston or Denver or wherever we're at. You know, um, we're also down in Eugene, which has a you know the subset of Portland, mm-hmm. right? Just on steroids. Um, we take that with us. We take that with us proudly, but we always want to be local, right? I just want to be this local donut shop with this big pink logo that happens to be Voodoo, right? Um, and that's important for us that we are tied to the community and not so much in that we, we feel like that helps us in our, it, it, you know, we're employing 50 to 70 people from the local community um, that come and work in, in, in our stores and count on us to provide for their families and, and, and keep them um, with healthcare and all that. So that's important to us as well is that although we're Portland bred, Right, we're, we're we now are in all these other cities as well. Is it uh, is that new where you're that you're providing health care? Is that something that's come up in the past few years? And uh, oh no, oh no, no. Um, the, the founders provided health care. We when I got here, we just we elevated it uh, and and extended it out. Um, right now, if you work for us, um, if you work a minimum of twenty hours a week, twenty hours you can get full health care from us. And you can you get healthcare after thirty days of employment. Oh, that's impressive. So um, that's kind of different, unique, as well as that we pay all of our hourly people each week. So every Friday we 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 pay our people, um, and that was a that was a subset. And I'll just tell this quick story. I was in a store visiting a store one day, and someone said to me, "Hey, Chris, come see my new car I bought." And I was like, "Awesome." We walked outside. He had this nice Corvette, not a Corvette. He bought an old Mustang, and he was so excited about it. And I was like, hey, take me for a ride. Let's go. He's like, I can't do it. I'm waiting to pay insurance. And I said, well, what? And he's like, yeah, my check comes next week, and then I'll pay for my insurance. And uh, and so we helped him out. But then I left and thought, you know, that's silly that folks have to wait for two weeks. I mean, it's just many of our people live paycheck to paycheck. Um. And they should. Re- so we pay all of our hourly people every Friday. Um, we have a great payroll team, a great accounting team that makes that happen. But, but you know, that's not normal for most companies. The companies I came from weren't doing that. But here in, in we don't spout that off. It's just the right thing to do. Right. It's just the right thing to do. I think our health care plan um, is out of pocket for our employees, like one hundred twenty five dollars a month for health care. Mm-hmm. And that's health and dental and vision. We do pet insurance. So, yeah, we've had it for a while. And uh, and I'm a big believer that that's the responsibility of us to make sure we provide that. 
Well, things have changed in the last couple of years, too, in re regard to, you're right, you know, we don't have to go into this very deeply, but you're right in the center yeah. of, of Portland, you know, in terms of the tough part of town right now. It never, it wasn't, oh, it sort of was, but it's really a tough part of town right now. And, you know, safety of not only your employees, but customers is key. So yeah. how do you, how do yeah. you tackle all of that yeah. there? Yeah. And then, you know, you've got it elsewhere and it's all, you know, it's part of the big package of keeping people happy nowadays uh but there i think would be a little more of a challenge and given the fact that you're open yeah. late, late at night too it's not like you close at 11 and yeah. you can avoid all that yeah yeah i mean no surprise anyone's listening to this podcast who, who comes to downtown portland i mean it's not a surprise right we're third and birdside right right we're we're kind of ground zero for everything right that happens in portland um I will tell you one of the things we're most proud of is through COVID, through the through the protests, through all the things that happened, we never shut. So we've been open for 20 straight years, only closing on an occasional Thanksgiving or Christmas. Voodoo's always been open at Third Birdside. It's never shut. Um, now we've done some things. You know, we have a walk-up window that we use after midnight. We've we've done some sensical things that um, that obviously make makes sense for the security of our customers and our employees. Um, we also employ a full-time security guard on our nickel who's there from when we open to when we close seven days a week to just, just ensure and to support our teams on there. Um, you know, listen, you and I talked a little briefly before, you know, if I had the answer, you had the answer. I mean, you know, we, we could solve the problem throughout the country, right? We're on Austin on sixth street. They have the same type of issues, just on a different level. Um, it's a challenge. And, and um, you know, we, we will continue to operate down there. Um, I think the city, to no, to no surprise, I'm not saying anything no one knows, has a challenge on their hands, right, to try to figure out how and what to do in order to ensure safety for everyone in downtown Portland. Um, you know, there's no doubt. There are times when it's not safe. Mm-hmm. That's just stating the obvious. And it's not um, It's not only Portland, a, though. There's all, most of the West Coast cities have no, this challenge. No, it's not. And, and the big cities. Yeah, it's not. I just came out. I was in Austin just this weekend on 6th Street where we're located. And they have challenges, right? I mean, again, varying different issues. But um, it's it's everywhere we go. We're, on, we're in Denver on Colfax, right? Um, same issues. Same. Now different things on the camping and, and, you know, different laws and different how they enforce it. Um, I think the city's working hard. It feels like the city's working hard to, to get better. But, you know, the challenge is like everything, it ebbs and flows. Right? It just ebbs and flows. And, um, you know, we had an issue the other day and I got a call and we said we had an issue in the store and I, I don't want to go in detail about it, but I immediately assumed it was downtown Portland given the issue and it was Austin. I was like, oh, my goodness, it wasn't downtown Portland? No, it was Austin. Um, and I was like, okay, well, let, let's figure it out. Um, but, you know, it, it, I, it, it's such a challenge um, for everybody, right? I mean, our, our employees are challenged down there. And, again, we keep a full-time security guard just to ensure that trying the best we can to make sure they stay as safely as you possibly can. Um, I know the clean and safe folks are back out. I know they're working hard to, to clean that, that area of the town up. 
Um, you're the first to know we're, we're, we're actually going to paint the building pink this week. Um, it's been gold for 20 years. We're going to paint it pink because we're going to kind of get on this sense of, okay, the rebirth of Portland summer's here. Let's go, right? Let's, let's see what happens. Um, well, it also, we hold home, it also right? indicates we hold that something is happening happen. down there. I think it, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to speak over you, but it, yeah. it does indicate no, that no, something's no. happening down there and you're a prominent business. I'm curious as to whether the city government comes to you as someone who's got a, <laughs> a big stake in this and, uh, and can have influence. Yeah. Do they come to you and ask your opinion or what, what you think might be done or just ask you to listen and say, what do you think of this? Would, uh, <laughs> Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it kind of goes both ways, right? Um, we have chosen to just open and operate and stay middle road. I will tell you that, no, no one's ever reached out to us and said, hey, Voodoo, what do you think? Um, listen, they have enough challenge on their hands, and I think they have enough opinions. If you read the paper, I mean, everyone's got an opinion, and but- every business down there seems to have an opinion on how things can be solved. Um, but But the short answer is no, I've not – no one's ever come to us and said, hey, what do you guys think? I asked that question because I know a lot of business owners down there who say that Portland is not a business-friendly city. So um, if that's the case, yeah. you are a, you know, you're right there with, with <laughs> Lisa Schroeder and Mothers. And, you know, there's a lot of businesses down there. Small, I'm talking about small businesses that, you know, know whether they care about you or not. And if they, I would. I would expect that perhaps an indication they could at least uh, give um, some sort of uh, some sort of uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of. But if they if they contacted you and they showed they cared, then at least you know someone like yeah. you could say they do care. But you just said they haven't even. Yeah. Well, I, I yeah, but I think they care. I mean, listen, they 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 are down there patrolling. They're doing the best thing. I mean, you know. I'm a, I'm a business owner of a donut shop, right? I mean, the reality is there are a lot smarter people, a lot more Chevron's on their sleeves making decisions on behalf of the city and, and what's going to happen. Um, I don't know. I mean, I have a personal opinion, but we all do. And so I don't, I don't fault them for not reaching out. Um, they, they also don't reach out on the other end and, and tell us to do it, right? They kind of let us operate. I, I will say, um, you know, when you think of Portland – you know, we're on every list of things to do when you come to Portland with Powell's. And, but on every list of things, you know, if you're in New Haven and you're taking a trip to Portland and you look on Fromans or TripAdvisor, like what are the 10 things I should do in Portland? Voodoo comes up on every list, whether we're three or 10, we're on every list, right? Um, and people visit from throughout the world. I mean, I can't tell you how many pictures. I mean, more people are taking pictures than they're buying donuts most times down there of the building and of Voodoo. Um, but I don't know that, you know, I, I comment, but I, I just, you know, the thing the city can do for us is just continue to do what they're doing and trying to help us keep it clean and safe for our, for our employees and for the customers. All right. right. Um, and, and, you know, I'd rather focus my time, energy and effort in taking care of our teams and our customers and developing great product and being a good business that's contributing to downtown Portland. We're, you know, just to be really clear, we're not going anywhere. Like we're, our offices are downtown Portland. We're staying in, we're, our offices are right over off the Amiel. We're staying here. Right? Well, if you could survive 2020 and 2021, you're staying. Yeah. You know, there's a, you've swung, yeah, I, I li- you've I swung the big Portland. bat. You, you definitely swung. The yeah, big bat. I think so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so I, I appreciate it, but you know, um, and I appreciate your comments, as I said, but I think, you know, the most important thing for us is um, the city continue doing what they're doing, which is working hard to try to keep it as best they can, keep it safe for the employees and the customers alike, right? And, and keeping it clean and all those things that I know they're trying to do. Um, but yeah. They have to get Sorry. it clean. They have to get it clean. I mean, they're working on it. I understand yeah. it. But yeah, they're working on it. They're but working it's on the, it. They're, as you said, and and you're right. There are. I've talked to a lot of people about this. There is no simple solution to this to this multi pronged issue problem. And so, um, hopefully, no. hopefully over time it'll happen. So, no. let's, and, and, and let's be honest, it's sad. It's sad. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's sad. It's really right? sad if for it, a city it, like it, Portland it, that was always so gleaming and beautiful, and everybody there were so yeah. many things positive to cite about it. And now all of a sudden, right. it's not the first yeah. thing people think of. You want them to think of Voodoo no. first, and not that. Yeah, I so, do. <laughs> I do. But you know, sad for the city. It's sad for the people that are going through it. It's it's just it's sad. Yeah. And um, you know, as a as a as a, a single as a person that lives in Portland, pays my tax in Portland. Um, it's just sad. It's sad for everybody, yeah. right? And, um, you know, I know that's not the answer or the solution. Chris, we are pausing just a moment to talk about one of our favorite places to eat in Portland, an institution, as it were, Ringside Steakhouse. 79, over 79 years. I remember we were just saying 75 years, so time's flying, and uh, and we're coming up on an 80-year institution in Portland, uh, Ringside Steakhouse, where now, something they didn't have for most of those 80 years was, an, was outdoor dining, and their patio is awesome. And um, it's really a nice spot to eat. They have they have some heaters out there if you need them. It's really pretty. So whether you're eating, you know, when you eat at ringside, you can either eat in the beautiful dining room, the bar now. You can make reservations to eat in the bar or outside. Lots of choices there in addition to lots of choices for different cuts of steak. Right, Court? Yeah, I was just telling you this off air Chris, I went just recently with my wife, Randy. Uh, you had been telling me, you got to get the Wagyu. You got to get the Wagyu. I, I finally did um, because there's so many great items to choose from, and I just hadn't got to it yet. I went with the olive-fed Wagyu, and it, easily the best steak I have ever had in my life. I, like, yeah. I was dumbfounded by it. It's a treat. It's not something you're going to get every time you go in there because it's a little expensive. Sure. But I've seen it for way more elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, it's something if you have, you know, a couple of times you get to say, just like you did, that it's the best steak you've ever had. And they have it. They have different options, too. So olive, olive fed is just one of them. The food, the food is delicious. And the service is absolutely bar none. The best in town. We had Colin serving us, and just the best service the entire night. Best food. If it's a special occasion, if it's not a special occasion, Ringside Steakhouse is the place to go. Yeah, it will be. Just go in there. It will turn into a special occasion. There it is. So, uh, and they also have food to go now, and they even on their website they've got a, a scrolling banner. Ringside steaks are on sale, so that's a good opportunity as well. So they are on West Burnside. They're open. Let's give the hours here: four thirty to nine Monday through Thursday, four to nine thirty Friday and Saturday, and four to nine on Sunday. 
And of course, set up those reservations. You can do that through the website ringsidesteakhouse.com or on the Open Table app. So I want to talk a little bit about your expansion and what your goals yeah. are maybe five or ten years from now, um, and then how sure. you go about that. So just to, to touch on this, when you look at a city, what kind of things yeah. are you, other than location in that specific city, but yeah. what kind of things about yeah. a specific city are important to you? And then are you looking at things like, hey, are we going to step into a hornet's nest here? Or do we want a nice, <laughs> clean existence to start where they, we don't have those things? Right. right. Um, well, number one, uh, we're not afraid of the hornet's nest, right? We're just, that's not, <laughs> it's voodoo, right? Okay. Um, so we don't, I don't worry about hornet's nest. Um, for us, it, it, you know, we now, we've just recently announced opening our first store in Boulder, Colorado. We recently announced opening our first store in Tempe, Arizona. Um, we've got a couple exciting announcements coming here in the next several months of other locations um, that are really glitzy and glamorous, that are very unique. It would be very voodoo-esque, if you will. Um, but, you know, we're, we're, again, looking to grow and being thoughtful about our growth and growing in cities and markets that where it makes, where it makes sense. Um, from not only the economy and what's going on in those cities, but, you know, the opportunity for growth and, and where people are like excited about us coming. Um, you know, we opened in San Antonio, Texas, and someone asked me one day, well, why San Antonio? That kind of makes no sense, but we're right off the river walk and it's fun and it's exciting and people, there's bars and restaurants. We're a block off in the Alamo. That's a really exciting city. And I don't think it's a lot of credit for being a really cool city. Um, well, it's hard. And so we're it's looking hard for coming that. from Portland, other than Austin, for someone to think of a, yeah, another right. cool city in yeah. Texas. But San Antonio is. I've been there, and it's it's yeah, yeah it's it's very cool. So um, yeah, and so we, you know the the cool factor does play into it a little bit um, of where we're going to be and what we're going to do. But that doesn't mean we're not going to go to Oklahoma City or. You know, St. Well, Louis, right? Those are cool cities as well. I well, mean, to Missourians you know, and Oklahoma, all due respect Sarah. to those folks. Yeah. So, can you do a soft opening? Is do people go so crazy about it, or do you need to do a soft opening? Um, I've seen restaurants fail because they could not. They needed soft openings and they didn't get them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've opened over three hundred restaurants in my career. Mm -hmm. I've been. I've been responsible for opening 300 plus restaurants in my career. So if I can't open a restaurant without having a soft opening, I'm doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I will tell you, it doesn't mean that it's not organized chaos when we open. Um, but, you know, we opened our first store in Houston, Texas, and it was a line around the block for two straight weeks in San Antonio the same that's, way. But that's not a soft um, opening. That's my point. You can't. <laughs> yeah, no, we, 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 we just pull the rip. We just, we just pull the rip cord. We just, we just go. So do um, you bring in people and, from Portland or experienced people from other markets to help? We open do. That? Yeah, you have we to. do. We do. And, and not only about the operations opening, but these are culture carriers, right? These are people that know the brand, know the ethos of the brand. That's as important as someone who can make a donut. Right, I can teach you to make a donut. I can teach anyone to make a donut. Um, the important part is: Do you understand who we are, what we do, why we do it, what our customer service standards are? 
Are you are you walking the culture? And that's far more important than are you really fast in making donuts? And so, you know, we we identified folks and our HR team does a really good job of this. And they bring a group in who, who from all over, from Denver, from Portland, from sometimes from Houston um, to a market to open it. And, and they help obviously do that. And then we hire managers well out. And they spend a bunch of time in market learning, you know, sometimes up to two months in a market learning how to, how to really, again, not just operate a store, but the culture, right? Because you walk into Voodoo Donut, yeah, you, yeah, you want that donut, but you also want that experience, like that music and the vibe and all the things going on inside the Voodoo. As you know, when you go to Voodoo here, right? I, I think sometimes people here in Portland, listen, as I read one time before, People either love or hate, not hate, that's a strong word. People either love voodoo or they're like, oh, that's a tourist spot. I don't go. I'm from Portland. I don't go to voodoo because it's a tourist spot. I'm like, if that's your answer, you should come back and try us out. Because we're, you know, yeah, there's a lot of tourists, but does that mean we're not a good donut shop or a fun place to go? No, it's always been I mean, fun. I don't, but, but I do, you know, I, I'm glad if, you, if you brought if you that live up. In, yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, I lived in LA. It doesn't mean I didn't go to Disneyland. Right. Right. I'm trying to I think mean, of the donut yeah, shop. Disney was a tourist spot. When I was there, it was Winchell's. So I don't know if you went to Winchell's or you yeah. had a big donut. I did. I did. But, you know, but I, but I would invite all those folks on the podcast listening from Portland who like, oh, I don't go there because it's totally a tourist spot. Well, we have a store in Davis a mile and a half away. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that is very different. But I would invite them back. Come back and see. I come back if you haven't been in a while. Come see why do tourists come? You know, so yeah, it's tourists, sure. Well, but also man, it's come also a great it. place to come to get. And there's nothing wrong donuts. with a good donut. Exactly, that's what I was about to say. Come right. see, and right. while yeah. you're at it, and you know, so I, I didn't, I did not give you a heads up that I was going to ask this, but I, I like to, and then you know, Portland has this vibe where it's collaborative, and one of the, the reasons I started the thing that I did, Portland Food Adventures, years ago, was that I was shocked coming from Connecticut at how many chefs would tell me to go to other restaurants because in Connecticut they'd practically point a gun at your head if you were going to go to modern if you're yeah. going to go to Pepe's Pizza and tell the owner of this place. Right. So, do you right. have some favorite donut places in Portland that that you like think, "Oh, they're doing a good job." That's all. That's that's a good way to put it. Or when you're in uh, other markets, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Do, do, when you're in other markets, do you, you know, from a competitive standpoint, do you do a little run around to see what else is going on? I do. I, I do do. I do run around um, and taste donuts everywhere. I will tell you, um, I don't spend a lot of time worrying about competition. I mean, I just want to sell one more donut than every other donut shop on the planet. Um, and I think everyone has their niche. You know, listen, I think when I first came here, people were like, well, Blue Star, you know, Blue Star is your competitor. And, they're, and, I, and, and my take is not really. Like we're an event along with being a donut shop. My our competitors are, you know, the salt and straws of the world, and and who Kim does a really good job over there, right? Um, it's all people that want this decadent treat and this special, you know, opportunity. So or fifty licks or all those guys in and around the marketplace. Um, but yeah, I don't know that that I would tell you that I, there's a donut shop here in Portland. I know the guys are going to get mad at me. 
Mighty O, all those guys. Um, thought I would, you know, salt, uh, listen, I think Blue Star does a nice job with what they do. Mm-hmm. Right? They're, they're, I think one of their taglines was donut for adults or something. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. We could be donuts for kids. I'm fine. Well, you can also be donuts for adults too. So you are. <laughs> there are a lot of yeah. d- adults online. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, I was just curious as to, you know, here's the other yeah. thing. I, I respect that you say you're not that concerned with competition because you're doing well. Yeah. Listen, I, I don't know what age you are, but uh, you can only eat so many donuts, yeah. right? You, you got to be, you, well, you would say, <laughs> you would say, no, there's no limit to the number of donuts that any human can eat. But, you know, we got to watch it yeah. as we get older a little bit. So, um, yeah, there's that. Well, I think everything in moderation, right? I live life, everything in moderation. I don't. I don't do without anything in my life. Just everything in moderation. All right. Do you have so? Not speaking of donuts, because this is about the food scene. Do you have some favorite restaurants that you generally? Here's the way to put it. Because I've learned this is the way to do it. When friends come in from out of town, when your friends come in from LA and they're saying, "Where should I go to eat?" Where do you tell them? Yeah. Yeah. I I'm really kind of down market. I like kind of the the cozy kind of bar pub food. Like I, I just me right. Um, I don't spend a bunch of times going to to Hana or you know some of these guys that are around um, that do a phenomenal job, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a there's a little restaurant on Marine Drive called the Sextant. I go to make a great burger. What phenomenal is it? Burger. What's it? What's it called? Um, it's called the Sextant. Okay. Um, as well as there's called the Tulip Tavern on, on Killingsworth that does a, a, an amazing burger. I'm a burger guy. Um, an amazing burger, right? Um, and you can just tell, like, that grill's made thousands and thousands and thousands of burgers. Um, so, yeah, you know, the limited time I get to get out for dinner somewhere, I like to get home. Mm-hmm. It's kind of my time to decompress, so I cook every night. Um, it's kind of my time to decompress and relax and um, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, there, there's not, I, I you would be, you don't have to name the trendy place. I kind of like, no, you, you mentioned places that have never been mentioned on this podcast. Yeah. And I think that's all, yeah, our, of course not. Yeah. That's what makes our Portland food scene so cool is there, there are all these places. I used to say you could, you could spend two years going to the places that are on eater and have new experiences, yeah. but then you could spend another two years going to the places that the neighborhoods know about that, that aren't. Yeah. I like Papa Chulos, you know, mm-hmm. Papa Chulos that Ramsey over there does a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, they just put one in Alberta that I, that I seem to find myself there once a week on the way home, picking up tacos. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think those, you know, those few places that we'll go to and, and kind of enjoy. All right, so you you said before you're going to be making some announcements about some markets. <laughs> are there are there any are you, how far east are you? How far east coast do you go or towards? Yeah, the east so coast? we we have a store in Orlando on Universe Studio City Walk. Okay, well that uh, makes that's sense. a partner deal with them. Um, yeah, it's a great store, and they do Universal does a great job. We're both in Orlando and Los Angeles with them. Um, they do a wonderful job. Um, but that's about as far as we get. We're in Texas, obviously, as we talked about a little bit. Um, but we have, you know, we have some some potential opportunities that are coming. We're not quite ready to announce them yet. Um, but one, if you think about where the, you know, the where Voodoo would be the strongest, the name Voodoo, I'll leave you with that. 
that kind of, if you can connect the dots there. Transylvania? Uh, voodoo birth. <laughs> yeah, Transylvania. Um, so um, we've got, you know, we've got, a, uh, we're working on a, on a place there. Uh, we're working on a place in the gambling capital of the world. I guess I can say that. Yeah, um, no, I figured you, I, I, that's where I was going when you were mentioning that before. Yeah. Seems yeah. To make we're sense. working on, on, a, on a location there. Um, yeah, the birthplace of voodoo. We're working on a, on a, on a site in that location. Um, we're we're going to be in the airport of one of the fastest growing. Again, I can't announce any of these because I'm not. My right. marketing team would kill me. Um, you know, we just recently opened at Denver Airport, so we're in the B Concourse at Denver Airport. Um, that's a great location. So um, yeah, we're going to open in in Music Land. I guess is the best way I can put it. Um, Do you have a? Uh, I, I'm so sorry, I don't, I don't know short. offhand, but there's also lots of new things yeah, going on at Portland Airport. Do you? You don't have a location at uh, PDX? No, Blue Star, Blue Star, Blue Stars, and PDX. Right. So they only allow one donut place. I mean, come on, there are no, Starbucks um, across the they've street. They've never. So yeah. So let me say this to you, and this is something I'll say: that no one's ever asked us. Hmm. Again, we just kind of do our thing, right? Voodoo's just kind of synonymous with Portland. And outside of us, everyone knowing we're synonymous with Portland, it seems like some of the people in Portland don't, you know, don't know that we're synonymous with Portland, apparently. Um, no, PDX has never asked us. Um, but I would <laughs> imagine not everybody there. Downtown. So I would imagine some of the restaurants there are, were actively pursuing it and didn't wait to be asked too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, we, we, you know, I, I, I helped open a mod pizza in PDX back in the day. Um, you know, no, I mean, listen, we like downtown. That's as close as we need to get to the airport. Um, and we're not looking it's, to, it's it, cool yeah. that people it, have to grab a box to take it home to, uh, wherever they're heading to Montana and go right. through the airport and get it right. in the overhead. <laughs> Get it in the overhead bin. I've seen those plenty of times. So yeah, uh, it's not just Montana. People are going to New Haven, Dallas. People are going to a lot of different places. Well, I know it's not just dogs. Montana. But, <laughs> um, so I got it again. I don't mean to go here, but you were with Mod Pizza. Are you a pizza fan? Do you like pizza? Do you have some places in I do. Portland that I you do. like I that love, aren't Mod? I, I love. I love. No, I love. I love pizza. Um, yeah, we go to Red Sauce. You know, down off of Fremont. Oh, she's that's um, great. That's kind of my, yeah, that's kind of my go-to place if we're going to have pizza. Um, mm. Love that. Um, that yeah, that that you know, listen, we try all the the pizza places, the cool pizza places. Um, but if I was today, you said, hey, we're going to go for pizza. I, red sauce, we're going. All right, that's a good choice. I like that. That's one that I know anyway. So uh, and and she's yeah. been, she's been on the podcast too. So. Um, oh yeah, right on. Yeah, so uh, good place. Um, listen, I anything else you want to impart that you had in mind when we talked about yeah. you being in the podcast that I didn't necessarily cover? I don't, you know, you're a busy man, and I really appreciate your taking an hour. We're coming up on the hour mark here, so an hour to uh, play yeah. around with us today. And uh, I appreciate you being a good sport too. Um, yeah, of course. You know, you got You're the, the head of a yeah. big company there, and you gotta you gotta dodge <laughs> a few minefields too. So, um, uh, it's it's part. Listen, it, it comes part and parcel. And you and I talked a little bit about this. It comes part and parcel with with being a part of Voodoo, um, being a part of Portland. 
Um, you know, I, I, I can't wait for the day that neither one of us has to have to defend Portland to people, right? I mean, you know, I hope that day comes again where we don't have to defend Portland and tell people, no, wait a minute, it's a great city, it's a great place, it's a great place to live, it's a great place to operate business. Um, you know, I'm not sure that's coming in the near future, but we're all hoping, right? And we all want to be a part of it. Um, I also no, think, I appreciate given, your time you're in, and, given the fact that you're in Eugene, I'm a proponent of, yeah. of of talking about Oregon too. It's not all about Portland. There's a whole yeah, no, I, I there's a whole state no. out there, <laughs> and and that doesn't have no, some I of the things. Completely agree. So, um, you know, I'm not in Portland you know, any I longer agree. on a daily basis. Yeah. I, I'm there, but I'm not. Yeah. I don't live there anymore. And uh, I yeah. I rather you know one of the things that drew me out here. I loved Portland. I think it was fantastic. But what drew me out here was the diversity of the state, the geography. I feel like this, and I don't yeah. know if you do. You moved here a little bit before I did. I'm like 18 years now. Yes, um, yeah. but I after being here a few years, tell me if you feel this. I never felt I lived in L.A. where you lived. I lived in Connecticut yeah. for most of my life. Uh, I lived in Arizona. I never felt uh, a relationship with geography the way I felt it in Oregon. I mean, every, you know, just to drive and think this is my state, I never felt, and for a long time, I didn't have a girlfriend. And I used to think, I don't, this is my relationship is to go out to Joseph or wherever. (laughs) I really like it. It keeps me satisfied. So, and it's better with a girlfriend too, by the way. So, um, yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm but do sure you are, do you um, feel that way yeah, about no, Oregon? I, yeah. Is it all about Portland for you, or, is, or how do you feel about the no, state? No, oh no, oh no. As we talked about, you know, we're in Eugene, and it's just such a beautiful state, right? With the wine country and just so many good things going on in the state. And um, I, you know, I was fortunate enough when I was at Starbucks. I lived in I don't know six or seven different cities through my career there. Um, and as I got here to Northwest, I was like, this is home. Like, this is home. And, you know, my friends and family that live in these warm weather states, they all like, you're crazy. Like, how do you deal with it? Um, and I'm like, I get in the car and I drive down to the coast or I drive down the wine country or I drive down to Eugene. And it's, it's just such a beautiful state. Um, and the people are just the pe- I mean, I, you know, there's some wonderful people that I've come to know and, and meet here in Portland and Oregon. And I call this home, like the Northwest, I call this home. And, uh, you know, I know there's this Seattle, Portland thing going on all the time. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. You know, it's like L.A., San Francisco, right? Um, well, I think there's a bigger, I, you know, I think I, there's a bigger L.A., San Francisco slash Portland thing going yeah, on. Yeah, oh, there is. So uh, I yeah. think the people in Portland are way more accepting of Seattle people than they, they don't want you here. And, That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. You know, listen, I, I, I love keep Portland weird. Like I love keep Austin weird. Right. I think being different and being unique um, has its place. And I, and I think somehow that turned to being a bad thing and let's all hope it, it turns to being a good thing again. Well, good. Um, thank you again. I said it earlier and I'm one who, Chris, I appreciate to, you. Yeah, no, I appreciate you. I'll, I'd love to uh, come down and either, toast a donut with you or a slice of pizza somewhere or let's or do cup, it or a cup let's of coffee do it. or a cup of coffee that would be nice it's right. or a glass of wine i don't know if you drink or a glass of wine i'm a light wine drinker it's not yes or a beer 
I'm good with beer too. Oh, beer. Okay. So well, we have uh, a lot of again Portland and beer. <laughs> yeah. So or I'd you know let's meet somewhere really cool and toast your new location in wherever. Where do I want to go fun. now? So New York City. That would be good. <laughs> you got. By the way, that would be. You never cool. know. You know that would be killer. You never know. New York City. It right? would be, and you never know. And I promise you'll be the first to know. Thank if you. We do it. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, and thanks for letting <laughs> us be the first Chris. to know Thank about you. the the pink the new pink paint job uh, at your flagship yeah. store. That's very cool, and we'll come down. It'll, and be, take a it'll look. be interesting to see what the, how the city takes it. We didn't ask the city for permission, so we'll see what the city thinks. Do you do, do you think you're gonna you're gonna get in a little bit of hot water? Don't they have better things to worry about? That's uh, probably what you're thinking. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Right. We'll see what they say. Well, I don't know for a fact that the city government is listening to this podcast, but hopefully you don't get in hot water because they were listening to this. But this yeah. occurred, so this, we're recording this on Wednesday the 10th, and so by Friday yeah. when this releases, which is the 12th, people can go down and check out that pink it's, paint job, put it on it our Instagram, building. on your Instagram, and, uh, and make a we thing We will happen. do. All right, man. Thank you very much. Chris, I appreciate you. Have a great day. All right, Bye you now. too. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Right